It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Tuesday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, a lot to talk about. Zach talked to the coordinators today. We're going to talk about Jalen Hurts, the rusher, and how it has looked a little bit different this season than it did last season. We're going to talk to Brian Baldinger about lots of stuff going on with the Eagles. Zach, how are you? Doing great. Excited for the show. You, I can see you're already hitting that posture hard. <laughs> yes, it's a visual medium, right? Do you feel, how does the back feel? Do you, does it feel uncomfortable to be so upright? Well, it's like the chicken or the egg, you know? Uh, <laughs> how so? How is this like the chicken or the egg? If, if you do it enough, then you become conditioned to it, and then your back, like, like you, you won't feel it. So I don't think that that's no, the chicken and the it's egg. No, it's what causes back pain. Is it, is, mm. it being, is it standing up straight or not standing up straight enough? Are you so, hunched over because you have a bad back yes. or do you have a bad back because, because you're, you're always hunched over. hunched over? Exactly. That's a more succinct way to put it. Uh, but I was not hunched over, when, or I was actually hunched over when the coordinators just spoke mm. that way <laughs> at the NovaCare Complex. Uh, no, it, not that way. <laughs> Why do you keep getting this wrong? <laughs> Sorry about that. That way. Yes. Yes. That way at the NovaCare Complex. When uh, and I, I was actually leaning forward when you talk to somebody, Cheryl Sandberg, you're leaning in. Yeah, I mean, well, not in, in that case, when you talk to someone, if you're I think if, if if you're leaning forward, it shows an interest in what they're saying. OK. Yeah. As opposed to the kind of reclining. When they now, speak. does that mean that it's like going through your mind that I need to show this person that I'm leaning in and interested in what they're saying, or are you actually interested in what they're saying and so you're leaning in? Well, it's it's both. If if you actually recall last year at the Super Bowl, Nick Sirianni referenced the fact that I was nodding my head and giving like nonverbal language when he was speaking. I don't remember that. Okay. No. Well, he did. Not as much of a uh, a core memory for me as it is for you. <laughs> Point being that when uh, yeah, I'm I very much pay attention to. Emily, you're not going to believe what Coach Nick Coach, no, Coach Nick said to me today. First of all, I would never call him Coach Nick. Okay, <laughs> number one. Okay, and and uh, number two, yeah, I'm cognizant of nonverbal language. So, 
but so you're sticking with the the high posture so you're not then listening to me you're not interested in what i'm saying you're just showing the audience no i i am but just the mm. setup of the seat like we're not that's true yeah toward okay. each other yeah if we're at and the, how is your back my back's great i mean yeah okay no issue with my back good for you yeah trying to carry the show play the f- oh <laughs> that's nice that's good played a little uh, played a little softball last night fall softball uh, how'd you do we won, got the W, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think I've sprinted that much in a while. It's not, not feeling good the day after. I'd expect you to do more trotting than sprinting. Well, this is, we moved to the bigger field, so there's no... There's, I said trotting there, in a weird you way. You did say, <laughs> yes. that's okay. I, I emphasized the, the, uh, the, 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 the two, middle The part. double T's. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, bigger field, uh, home runs are not in play uh, on this field. It's not more, at all? It's a baseball field, yeah. It's, the fences are too, too far back with wood bats. I mean, make excuses, right? No, I mean, it would be like a, you'd have to hit the ball. Oh. You'd have to hit a softball like 400 feet. Uh, that, yeah. Even you bat. can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe where there's a will, there's a way. Uh, anyway, Zach, let's, let's get into the, the big topic of the day, the, the Jalen Hurts thing. Do you at least agree on the face? Well, let's clarify what the Jalen Hurts thing is. Well, I said in the beginning, Jalen yes. Hurts as a rusher. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yes. We're, the thing, the, to- the topic. Okay. Um, yeah, we're not talking about his thing. <laughs> I think they understand that. Um, do you agree just visually, aesthetically, it looks different from Jalen Hurts as a runner this season than it did last season? I actually don't. I, really? I know people are saying that. I think the way the ones are finishing, you know, I've, I've heard he looks slower. I haven't seen that he looks slower. I haven't seen him in the open field as frequently. Uh, but actually, one of the things that I've always found with Jalen Hurts as a rusher is that he's in control of himself when he runs. We've actually pointed out in the past the way he points when he runs, right? If you're in an all-out sprint, it's hard to point. He's, he's often a controlled runner. What we haven't seen is Jalen Hurts in the open field as much. When he had that 24-yard run against Washington on Sunday. Which was the first time, I think, this season that he's looked dynamic yeah. as a runner. And it was the first time he, he was in the open field. So... Uh, now, to get to the top of the show, it's the chicken or the egg here. Um, is he not in the open field because he hasn't been as dynamic of, of a runner, or is he, do you need to be in the open field to be a dynamic runner? I do agree that he's more cognizant about getting down. You asked Nick Sirianni the question yesterday, and, and we'll get to that. But I think the way he finishes runs might be more pronounced than the way he runs. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that he is giving himself up more in the open field, not running out of bounds, than he did any time that I've seen him before. Um, you know, there's a lot of those, like, scrambles where he just sort of plops down on his back after, like, two yards downfield. Yeah. Uh, so I did. I asked Nick Sirianni what he, what he thought about, you know, what's the reason for that. And he said he needs to protect himself. He took the big hit against New England, and it's always been our intention to make sure he's protecting himself as a runner. We encourage him to slide, and we encourage him to get down, and we encourage him to not take a big hit. Step out of bounds when you can. Do we want all of our guys stepping out of bounds? No. We want other guys most of the time, if it's not a two-minute drill, to keep the ball in their outside arm, use their stiff arm, play a little pound uh, on the sideline. I don't want Jalen doing that. Do I want Jalen taking big hits? Uh, I'm not. And, and I think he's got a great feel of, oh, okay, I'm not going to make him miss. Okay, I'll go down in this particular case yada, yada, yada. Uh, every run play that we have in for him or any read play is done with the utmost thinking about him all the time to make sure we keep him safe. If we're thinking about that constantly, we want him thinking about that as well because we know how important it is to have him out on the field every game. So that makes sense to me. Uh, you and I have, have been 
disagreeing in the past about Jalen Hurts' value as a runner, and I have made the case that I think you've given him this money. He's the quarterback. They do need to protect him a little bit more. Uh, he has gotten injured each of the past two seasons. You have said uh, that that's not the case. Like, don't don't take away his what makes him special. Yes. As Nick Sirianni said in the spring, we're not paying him more to do less. Mm-hmm. As Jalen Hurts said in training camp, he's trying to embrace the uniqueness of his game. It doesn't seem like that's the way that things are going so far. But you don't you don't think there's there's too much of a difference. And what did Brian Johnson say today? Yeah, Brian Johnson said that he's always trying to protect himself, right? That's that's something that they reinforce. But part of what makes Jalen special is his ability to run, and that's going to be a part of his game. But uh, it's up to the coaching staff to protect him. So that's similar to what Nick Sirianni said, probably in a more succinct way. Jalen hasn't been as effective of a runner this year as he was last year because I think of the way he's finishing runs and because he hasn't had those explosive runs. But I thought on that 24-yard run, like you said, he, he looked like Jalen from, from, from last year. I don't think he's like a different runner this year. I don't think he's slower. I don't think he's... he's I think he is. You think he's, he's actually slower? He looks different to me. And I don't, you know, I'm, I don't have the GPS tracking. I would be very interested to know what, what that stuff says. He, it, the, that, that big run against Washington on Sunday, it looked like the only time this season in which uh, he was sort of playing as a, he was running without thinking. He was just reacting. Mm-hmm. Whereas all these other ones, um, yeah. and I don't know if, this, if it's an injury thing or if it's just this is what he's being told to do, but like it, it doesn't seem like he is going all out. Uh, it's, I mean, the, the results are the, are the results. He hasn't been as effective as a runner, which is like the, it's something that really surprises me because the consistent thing throughout his career in college for, you know, three seasons as a starter, he, he didn't start his junior year, but three seasons as a starter was he was a prolific runner, like Oklahoma, prolific runner. Those first two years at Alabama, prolific runner. We saw him his first start with the Eagles against New Orleans, over 100 yards rushing. Last year, he was so dynamic in the open field. He hasn't gotten in the open field. Now, what you wonder is, is yeah, I do think he's trying to stay healthy. That probably has been a point of discussion. Uh, I think that part of it might be the way defenses are playing him, that, that uh, I, I, I think teams are cognizant of him as, as a runner. But I think the play calling has changed a little bit, too, in okay. week one. You know, we saw a few more of those called draws. And then obviously he had that really bad fumble at the end of that game. It feels like since then we haven't seen as much of that. Yeah, but I think actually when he's best as a runner is when a play's off script and he extends it. And he hasn't been doing that as frequently. I think he's been pretty quick. To I'm not his- sure. I, I don't know. I feel okay. like he's best sometimes in the past is when they're calling those draws. And okay. when they're leaning into that, um, as him as like as you have described him in the past as their short yardage running back. True. Now these are different ways of running. I'm I'm talking about getting him in the open field. Yeah. He's he's in the open field more on you know those those rollouts the play breaks down. Uh, it's him against a defensive back or he's out out running a linebacker. That's where I I think Jalen it gets those those big chunk plays on the ground. I think about. Now, the Minnesota run last year along the right sideline, was that a designed one or was that just a, a rollout that he took? I would have to go back. I think that, and, was, and I think that was a scramble. I a think scramble, right. yeah. yeah. So, so it, it stands the reason that, that a scramble would allow for more, you know, kind of an, an, an impromptu situation. The defense certainly isn't expecting it there. So uh, 
I, I think if there still is a small sample size now, you can't look at, at the volume of carries. He has 40 carries this year. But that well, we have, a, we have sort of the, the oh. side-by-side, which, which we that. can pull up from uh, over the last year and this year. And so mm-hmm. if you take a look at it, he's rushing about the same amount per game. Now, obviously, a lot of these are the, are the sneaks, exactly. right? That's what I was about to say. Um, yeah, exactly. So last year, 11 rush, rushes a game. This year, 10 rushes a game. Last year, uh, over 50 yards rushing a game. This year, just 33 Uh, 0.5 but if you go deeper to to like the success rate stuff and the epa stuff that's where you really see that there has been a difference so last year in terms of success rate as a ball carrier among quarterbacks he was eighth at 55.2 percent this year he's down to 18th at 47.5 percent not a huge drop off scramble success rate this is really i think one of the big differences and, and this speaks to that he is not as dynamic as a scrambler this year last year uh a 60 percent success rate as a scrambler this year just a third of the time 33.3 that's 30th in the league last year he was number one among all quarterbacks in rush epa per game uh this year he's down to eighth last year in scramble epa per game he was third this year he's down to 16th and then it also shows you there that they are not necessarily calling fewer design runs. Last year was 18%. This year it's 15.5%, both second in the league. And those are, I think that, that is where the sneaks come in because he's had to sneak a little bit more early this season than, than I think we've seen in the past. So, it, I mean, that, that does tell you that it's, it's only a four-game sample, but especially as a scrambler, yeah. he, he is not as um, dynamic right now as he was last year. And that gets back to what I was saying, is that he, he hasn't had those open field scrambles as, as but I think that has to then be, if, whether it's the chicken or the egg, like yeah. the reason he hasn't had those open field scrambles is because he's not as dynamic. Well, I, I think he's giving himself up quicker, number one. Okay. He's not trying to break tackles or make people miss the way he did last year. And so let me ask you this. Wait, and, and then the second thing is I, I do think part of it's the structure of the defense, the, the structure of defense that he's playing as well. I don't know if I agree about the structure okay. of the defense. I think teams were keyed in on him as a runner last year. I don't, I don't know that that has changed very much. I think teams are dropping more people in the coverage. Yeah, that's true. So if, if you drop more people in the coverage, then kind of in theory, that would limit your big playability in, in terms of scrambling. So let me ask you this. If we, if we accept the premise that he is giving himself up more yes. than he was last year, I can think of three explanations for that. One is there's an injury. Two is it's his decision that... He wants to be conscious of his body. Three is it's an organizational emphasis that they are drilling into him that they want him to stay healthy. Which do you think is the likeliest of those three? Two and three. Okay. I don't think he's injured. Do you think he's injured? Well, I think he's probably injured like all football players are injured, but I don't, okay. it would be impossible for me to say what's going on with yeah. his body. I don't think he's a slower like, person than he is this year compared to last year. I, I, I don't think all of a sudden he came back this offseason and lost like – lost a tangible uh well i agree it's unlikely that he is physically like diminishing versus last year which is why an an injury would make sense to me but i I think two and because i don't think that he looks the exact same no i i think it's in his head to get down as as you brought up the nick sirianni give himself up yeah number one and it's probably something that is important to him and it's probably something that's important to the organization and I, I do think that... But it also doesn't necessarily track with the way that he is wired, right, on the well, field. So, which is why it sort of looks like he's thinking through it because he has to reinforce to himself the bigger picture. Do you think there's anything here, like, 
you know, like uh, a shout out to our, our, our Denver staff that's in the office. Like Jokic, you know, during the regular season, it's like, I'm going to turn this on in the postseason that he knows he, he, it's, it's going to be about February and, yeah, and January so. and that like he can pull out some of these runs in January and in February right now beat teams with his arms, take what's there, but don't try to do more. I mean, when I, I keep referencing that Minnesota game last year, what jumped out to me about that Minnesota game is he invited like contact. He could have gone out of bounds right. and he cut back in, right? He invited that risk and there was a great reward on the play. I don't know if he makes that same decision this year. And I think that's what's What's interesting is that it, this is definitely a different style of play from him. Yes. And so what is the reason for that? I, I guess it's hard to, it's hard to parse. I, I would still do the full Jalen Hurts experience. But I also understand. You, what do you mean? Like, if I was coaching that team or I was in the organization. Oh, I see, I see. I would say you play, would invite the way, him to, yeah, okay. play the way that got you that contract. Play the way that, like, be you out there, okay? Don't have in your, you know, no, don't take a big hit from... And on, you know, when a player's coming at you, but lean into what works, you know, as, as Andy Reid used to say, let your personality show on the mm -hmm. field, let your skill set show. Uh, I've been consistent with that since the summer. I thought as Nick Sirianni said, you know, you don't pay a guy more to do less, uh, but you do want him. And Brian Johnson said this, you know, you, you want him there the whole season, right? You, you want him to, to show up every Sunday. I, I would just say he's a special runner. Don't take away what makes someone special. Yeah, you know, I sort of feel like a little bit um, uh, hypocritical about this because I've been saying he needs to protect himself more. Uh, I want him to do that. And watching this happen over the course of the season, it's a little bit like, oh, this isn't as fun. Um, and Are you willing to say Zach's right? No, because no, okay. I think this is the right thing to do. You would never say Zach's right. Of course yeah, I would, yeah. but uh, but I don't. I, I think this is like it's like a marshmallow test thing, right? Like, what's a marshmallow test? Can you delay gratification? Like, are you willing to? Can you explain the marshmallow? This sounds interesting to me. What's the? You've never heard test? of the marshmallow test? No, like, I have not. You put a you put a marshmallow in front of a kid, and you say, yeah. if you can sit here and not eat the marshmallow, you'll get two marshmallows. Okay. Or, and then and then so can they be patient? In, in service of the greater reward, okay. and oftentimes not. This is like, it's, it's like, are, are you willing to... I mean, a chocolate chip cookie would be more apt. Do you eat just like a plain No, because that's not the test, Zach. That's not, this, is a, this is a thing that happened. This is a famous thing. Just because you like chocolate chip cookies doesn't mean I can reference you, what you want. No, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm trying to think about the test itself. How often do you just eat a plain marshmallow? Kids like marshmallows. What do you want me to do? I'm sorry, I didn't design the test. <laughs> just seems to be an ineffective test. No, it's a psychological thing. It's not about which dessert do you like better. <laughs> I just think a chocolate chip cookie would be more tempting. Okay, than a you know what? We'll set up the pazuki test for you for your See, birthday. That would be hard. Okay, for me. yeah, to resist a pazuki. But I think there is like a um, in the, objectively, it would be yeah. better if that was the case that. They feel like they can make it to the playoffs, and when yeah. they get to the playoffs, Jalen Hurts can be his full self. Yeah. Like, we saw him be on that one scramble against Washington. That's like, I don't really believe that they're parsing it down to that level because you can't count on that in the NFL. Um, I just think I, there's no doubt that, that his style of play is a little bit different this year, and I think it's, I think it's very interesting.
I, I just think history has been unkind to changing the way quarterbacks play. And I'm not saying Jalen's, they're changing the way Jalen's played, but I look at the Carson Wentz experience here. I look at Robert Griffin III. Now, part of those could have been like but don't you think by injury, of yeah, course. Yeah, but, uh, but those are such interesting examples for you to yeah. choose because don't you think what, what the problem with those guys is that they got really injured and then their bodies became broken? Well, that factored into it, but I, th- I think what, what made those guys special was the way they played, too, right? Like uh, Carson Wentz's uh, his ability to, to, to do things off schedule, and when you try to confine him to the pocket, he wasn't the same quarterback. But the lesson from those guys is that the way that they played was unsustainable. You think that's the lesson, that it was unsustainable? Yeah. Because I mean, they I, both broke their bodies. Yeah. Now, in the case of, of Robert Griffin III, he played in a postseason game he shouldn't have played in, right? Uh, if, if he had normal time to recover there, it might be a different story. But I, I, I just— Because I look he had at, injured himself playing that way. No, he further injured himself, and then that changed it. Like he yeah, exactly. Back. Yeah. So uh, I, I personally think that in, in Jalen Hurts' case— he, he, he can be smart. I think there's a compromise between being smart, okay, and, and like, restricting or inhibiting what you do well. Okay. And I don't think he's doing – I don't think he's restricting what he does well. He has 40 carries this season. They're still doing quarterback sneaks, right? Yeah, I do there's wonder so, what percent – we should have yeah. looked at this, but I wonder yeah. what percentage of those are sneaks. It's uh, pretty high, I would imagine. But I, I think that part of what makes him special is that ability to run. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we, we should look at it because I think he's probably had like four carries over like five yards. Maybe that's probably a little bit low, but... Yeah, his, so his longs in each game uh, are... He, he had a 14-yarder against New England, an 8-yarder against Minnesota, an 8-yarder against Tampa Bay, and then the 24-yarder against... Uh, so two runs over 10 yards, I think. In the, yep, yeah, which is like not what we're used to seeing from Jalen Hurts. That's correct. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. What's interesting? No, I, it feels like you, you don't think that he looks different, but you do think that they should play him differently. Okay. I'm going to explain this the way I did at the top, okay? <laughs> I think that he's re- reacting to runs differently. I don't think he's finishing runs the way he, he did before. I think he's quick to get down, as you pointed out to Nick Sirianni. Right. I think there is an emphasis on his part, or I'm assuming, I'm projecting here, speculating that there's an emphasis from his part and an emphasis on the organization's part not to take big hits, not to expose himself to danger. And I think the organization saying he can still run without, you know, it's, it's like be 70% or 80% of, of what you do. But I think inherently when you're running and you're so focused on not getting hit, then you're going to be quick to get down. Right. Uh, so I think part of what makes his ability to run special is making people miss is his vision in the open field. And I don't think he's taking advantage of that enough. That's the other variable that I think is, is just worth talking about is they have a better running back right now than they did last year. Mm. Um, and so if DeAndre Swift can take a little bit more of the load and the threat of Jalen Hurts as a runner is still affecting defenses. That is one of those like uh, investments that you would take. Like you, you give a little bit more to DeAndre Swift so that Jalen Hurts can be better for later in the season. Yeah, and and again, I, I think it has been a, a limited sample size here. Um, 
I thought that the 24-yard run showed promise last week. I'd, I'd be real curious about revisiting this conversation during the bye week, okay, which is in like six weeks right now or, or thereabouts, and see if it looks similar, if things evolve, if things change. Okay. If you had to gamble on that, where would you go? Good one. Hmm. Uh, that was a no-sell there. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do my own transitions. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because this is all about, this is all about, this is the start of the playoffs, Zach. Mm. Who you got tonight? I mean, come on. I want a good show tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, have, the, I have the Phillies. Okay. Yeah. Well, things are heating up at the ballpark. Uh, we are headed to the playoffs, and with DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Plus, all customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. String together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles in Louisiana, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. CDKNG.com slash baseball for eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven. Seven days after issuance, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Uh, before we get to Baldy, Zach, anything else from the coordinators that you thought was worth passing along? So a few things. Uh, we spoke yesterday about some game situation type stuff. Brian Johnson had a chance to address. Uh, we spoke to Brian Johnson today. He said that the goal on the past A.J. Brown, the second touchdown, was just to get a first down. He, he was like, it was a, a pass play. It was a pass play to get a first down. It worked to get a touchdown, right? right? So it was, what, second and four there? D was he asked about whether that was a check then? Like a he, he said it was a design pass play to get a first down. Okay. He said it was a design pass to get a first down. So maybe the check. But that route is not a first down route. No, that that's the thing. So that, so. I think that might have been the two of them. Okay, they adjusted the route there. Yes. Uh, now, he, I, I asked him, I just wanted to give him a chance on the record for the third and 11 play. And he said, there, the, when I say that third and 11 play, of course, the if you're watching the now, you probably sweep, know, the, the Kenny Gainwell run. Yes. He said, there's different schools of thought there uh, that in, 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 in that case, you can either bust one loose for a touchdown um, or you can pick up some yards to, get, to, um, to go for it on fourth down. Uh, and he said it didn't work. He takes responsibility. I mean, an 11-yard run for Kenny Gainwell would be like one of the longest of his career. <laughs> I think Sirianni said on WIP this morning that uh, that it was his decision that Johnson wanted to pass and that he wanted to run. Um, in any event, it was uh, it was. Well, what does that say for Brian Johnson's play calling power? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. I mean, I imagine that yeah. that's just Sirianni trying to yeah, trying, trying to, to take one. But exactly. Yeah, yeah that, I think that. 
Nah. Now there is discussion there, but he is the head coach. I mean, I mean, he can he can overrule, right? In, in that case, in any event, it was a, it was a bad play, uh, and it 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 did not work. Uh, Sean Desai uh, spoke about the the. Uh, well, the blitzing, but he, he, it was kind of a generic answer that varies on a game to game on a on a, on a game to game basis. Uh, the James Bradbury thing in the slot, they're they're still figuring out. He said that was the most work Bradbury's done, and they knew they they, they do need to balance what's best for the team and what's best for James Bradbury, who was a second team All Pro last year as an outside corner. Uh, and Desai acknowledged that this is the most Bradbury's ever played there, mm-hmm. right? So I'm curious to see. I, I asked about Sidney Brown when Sidney Brown gets back, how the, how they deploy it because there's kind of these two alternative tracks here. You you know you don't have your slot cornerback for the rest of the year, right? Avante Maddox is out for an extended period, so you can say to Sidney Brown, right? This is a you might be our best option here. This is the role for you to contribute right now, okay? But also Sidney Brown's someone you're thinking from a developmental perspective, is, a, is an answer for, is a potential answer for, say, at, at, at safety, a high third-round pick, right? right? And so you, you, you don't want to stunt his development curve at safety. Perhaps you think it can complement it. That's why I'm, I'm curious to see how they allocate that time. I, frankly, I'm, I'm curious to see whether they go out and they address slot cornerback on the trade market or, or, or something of that nature. I said last week's show I thought safety was a spot they would look. I still think... That's the spot they might look on the on the trade market, but I I can see them going after slot corner so they don't have to um, stunt Sidney Brown's development. And if they do, I, then I think they would clearly look at safety uh, and say like, and I actually don't want to say it would stunt his development, but what it would do is it would make him focus on the slot for this year, similar to what they did with Devontae Maddox at safety for that one season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into that, you know, the, the trade candidate conversation. Maybe we'll do a, you know, a, a trade deadline quackatology next week. Okay. Uh, the deadline's usually around Halloween because I, I remember uh, well, a few things, first off. Mm. I, I, re- I remember they acquired Golden Tate, I believe, on October 30th. Okay. You were, Jeff McLean oh, and I geez. were in Paris together. Yes. Um, underdogs came out that day. Uh, really? Yes. Oh. Uh, well, the day of the press Congratulations. conference. Congratulations. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, thank you. That was a good day. <laughs> a fun day. Uh, the whole media tour. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, <laughs> and then... What was, uh, your favorite, what was your favorite interview to give as, as the author? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, actually. Um, uh, Maui Sullivan, the former uh, Sixers yeah. um, sideline reporter, she moderated a Q&A with me out in, I think it was Bethlehem or Allen? No, Harrisburg, I think it was. Harrisburg. Okay. At a bookshop in Harrisburg. You're going to have uh, some very angry people living yeah. in uh, Bethlehem and Allentown uh, thinking um, that you, you confused it, was, it for Harrisburg. It was, it was uh, I so appreciate them having me. It was, it was a great time. Um, and uh, it was actually the day of Matt Gelb's wedding. So, <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I remember that. So but, you did both. You pulled the double. Yeah, and then Jay Ajayi, that trade happened on the 31st. Okay. Well, good news is we have, uh, we have somebody much more interesting to talk to. <laughs> Not, that's no, no shade. Uh, Brian Baldinger. Baldy, how you doing? Can you hear I'm us? Good. Sorry, we couldn't, couldn't hear oh, you. Oh, yeah, I hear you fine. 
Good. Um, uh, we wanted to check in with you to just to start on this, this topic that we've been discussing for the first half of the show here. Do you notice a difference, Baldy, in, in Jalen Hurts as a runner this season versus last year? And, and what do you sort of attribute that to? I don't know. Is he healthy? It doesn't look like he can turn the corner right now. Speaking my so, language. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's pretty evident at this point. Um, guys are flattening him to the sideline right now. He's not trying to turn the corner. So, you know, he's had ankle issues in the past. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not over there. Um, I'm not reading injury reports or anything else. But I, but I do know Jalen, and I know that, you know, when he can get 15 yards instead of getting two, he's going to turn the corner and get 15 mm. yards. So it, it's quite evident at this point. He's averaging three, you know, a pedestrian three and a half yards of carry right now, whether it's a scramble or a run. Uh, and so there's, there's something there. They're not going to say it. He's not going to say anything. We might not know until after the season. But I think there's something underlying in what you just asked, Will. How much do you think that changes sort of the, the upside of the offense? Well, I mean, I don't think that they're dialing up as many quarterback runs as they did last year. Like, I still remember week one last year against Detroit. He ran it 17 times. Yeah. Like, we're not going to see anything like that. Um, you know, we'll see some brotherly shoves maybe and – Maybe, you know, just a, a read option or two to keep the defense honest. But I don't think, especially the way Swifty's running, like I don't think it's a real need right now to dial up a lot of Jalen Hurts' runs. But they're certainly more difficult to defend if you're really thinking about him as, you know, a great runner in his business. It seems the two of you are on the same wavelength with the yeah, Jalen Hurts. That's right. Thing. We texted ahead of time. <laughs> the, uh, another big change, Baldy, between this year and last year is Dallas Goddard's production. I understand it's four games. But it's clearly not the same as what we saw a year ago. What's the film showing you about Goddard? Well, you know, it's a little bit, Zach, like sometimes I, I do a lot of shows in San Francisco. They'll say the same thing about Kittle. And then, you know, all of a sudden Kittle will just pop, you know, and, and, and have an unproductive four weeks. And you're like, is he part of the offense? Is he just blocking? Like, I think Goddard's going to be a part of the offense. Like, they've been a good red zone team to begin with, but they've been a good red zone running team. And so that's not going to involve your tight end. That's kind of where you need your tight end, you know, in the red zone. So there's going to be opportunities for a Dallas. I mean, I don't think anybody um, over there at Novacare, including the quarterback and the coach, thinks for a second that Dallas Goddard isn't an elite player. Um, it's just a question of, all right, they made concerted efforts, and it's clear they're going to get the ball to A.J. Brown to start these games. They've done it the last two weeks. I don't think that's going to change, you know, for whatever reason. Like last week, okay, Emmanuel Forbes, you know, is as big as AJ's leg, you know. <laughs> like, let's go after him. So that, that was a matchup <laughs> thing, and they exploited it. And, you know, I would do the same thing. And I like Emmanuel Forbes, but I like AJ Brown better in that matchup. And so, you know, it's going to change week to week. We'll see, you know, against the Rams this week um, if Dallas Goddard's going to be a bigger part of it. Getting some questions in the in the comments that are uh, what I was going to ask you as well, Baldy. And as as someone who has been a starting right guard for the Eagles, now that Sua Opeta is ready to take that mantle with uh, Cam Jurgens out for a, a little bit of time, what did you make of, of Sua's performance and what are sort of his strengths and weaknesses? Well, first of all, he played really, really well. You know, he, he's been in the system. You know, he's been to Stoutland University. He's got his degree right there. I think, Zach, you know better, but... This might be his fourth year now. Um, you know, he's been in the system a long time, and he's he's played a number of positions. I mean, I got a text from the right tackle after the game, and he thought he played great. Hmm. So, um, you know, that's 
that's one guy, and that guy matters a lot in this business. I would say so. And what he says. But I think he played really well. I think, you know, uh, he's always had tremendous power. He played left tackle in college. He played guard. He's got good power. He's got good size. And so, you know, they could throw Jack Driscoll in there. They have options. Um, you know, they could put the rookie in there, Tyler Steen, but they're going with Sua. And I think a lot of it is, you know, the guy's been around a long time. Um, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. But I think ultimately the guy's got good power. He moves bodies, he moves big bodies. And he did against a good front the other day. You know, in in in, in speaking about Sua in uh in December of 2017, December 2018, the Eagles played the Rams both those years, and I would have to write the story, what's their plan for Aaron Donald? And I would go over to Brandon Brooks's locker and Jason Kelsey's locker and, and, and Stefan Wisniewski's locker, and like I would ask them, and, and, and they would look at me like, do you think there's a plan for Aaron Donald? I mean, what's, what's it like? Well, I, I guess, what do you think it's, it's like uh, blocking Aaron Donald, and, and what will the Eagles do this weekend against him? Well, hopefully they're burning a lot of midnight oil, you know, this week here, Zach, and getting ready for him. Because literally, if you watch them last week against Indianapolis, um, Indianapolis, like, they were dysfunctional the entire first half. I think it was 21 nothing at the half. Like, literally, Aaron Donald ruined every drive, you know. And it wasn't just sacks. It was just – it was everything, you know. I mean, Anthony Richardson couldn't wait to get out of the pocket and get away from him. Um, but, you know, it's – to me, it's you know, like, look, I, I'd love to watch Landon Dickerson and Aaron Donald in the phone booth go at it, but it's never like that. You know, he's going to line up all over the place. Uh, he goes where he can win. It's like trying to trap water. Like he's going to find the crack, you know, and he's going to exploit it. Um, and he's playing at a really high level right now. It, to me, it's always a group effort, Zach. Like your eyes always have to be on him. You always got to put a body on him and another body. And, you know, any back that's in any sort of a, you know, a blitz pickup mode, like you got to keep your eyes on 99. And so to me, it's always a group effort. You can do some things formation-wise, Zach, where you go, okay, let's keep them on this side and let's run this side. Let's keep them on this side where we're sliding to them and, and we'll also keep the back maybe over there if we have to. And we'll hold up here against Byron Young and some of Matt Hecht and some of these new guys that nobody knows anything about. And we'll take our chances there. So I always think it's a team effort. As as much as it's a team effort, uh, like you said, they'll they'll try to get him on the most favorable matchup. Do you think uh, Sue Opeta is kind of in the spotlight this week, knowing that he's he's the reserve O lineman there? Oh, I think Aaron Donald is about as smart as they come. <laughs> so I think um, you know, just knowing Aaron a little bit, um, he wants uh, Sue Opeta to feel his punch. <laughs> So yeah, Zach. I I, <laughs> I think he's going to be over there, and maybe more than he than uh, he he would based on formations or anything else. Like I'm sure he wants to test him and just see, you know, what his feet are like. Uh, does he overset? Like I'm, he's studying him real hard right now. Like knowing Aaron, like he went back and watched preseason games and any other game he's been in. He's pulling out the tape and he's just studying. Is he stiff? Can he move? Can he bend? Like he's looking at any weakness he can find in him right now. And it's funny because you you referenced those past games. The Eagles have done a pretty yeah. good job against Aaron Donald in the past, so it, you almost worry that like he's due for for a vintage performance. They also had Brandon Brooks then. Too. They had Brandon Brooks then yeah. exactly. Now I think if you look at like the the defensive tackles over the past decade, 
Fletcher Cox is probably, you know, in, in conversation for number two behind Aaron Donald over that time frame. It feels like through, through four games, we're getting sort of a, a vintage Fletcher Cox performance, Baldy. He looks better, I think, than he, he has the past couple of years. Uh, do you agree, one? And, and what do you sort of attribute that to? And, and maybe does like Jalen Carter's presence get a little bit of the credit for that? That's a great question, Bo. And I, honestly, I announced a game for national radio on Sunday. And so I, I was talking to Fletcher. And I said, are you just going to play forever? Like, he honestly, like, you guys have seen him for 12 years. He looks exactly the same as the day they drafted him out of Mississippi State. Like, he's got the exact same approach. You can always grab Fletcher for any reason, for any cause. Like, 10 minutes before kickoff or in the offseason. Like, he's just a, he's just a great person. But I, I think that the rotation has been really good. Like, they've got a five-tackle defensive rotation right now. Obviously, with Jordan and Jalen and Marlon, like they, they've got a good rotation. So they're not killing him right now. Um, and I think the young guys, like he's enjoyed working with Jalen. He's enjoyed working with Jordan because, like, they want to be good. So I think, like, he's actually mentoring some young guys that have a real upside. And he, he's playing at a high level. There's no doubt about it. And so – I asked him if he's going to play till he's four. He goes, no, no, I'll be back and, you know, I'll be back bass fishing or whatever he said he was going to do. But, you know, he, he's, he looks fresh. And, you know, one thing about Fletch, like, I don't, you know, knock on wood, like he really has escaped any major injuries, yeah. surgeries, injuries. So, you know, he can take care of himself. He always has kept his weight down. It's never, ever gotten out of hand. And so, look, I mean, he's, uh, he's the ultimate pro in this business. And I think it's helped that these young guys kind of look up to him the way they do. In, in staying with the defense, I, I look at that slot cornerback spot, and in one sense, James Bradbury could be their best option just in terms of talent, but he was a second-team All-Pro on the outside last year. The Eagles need to figure out what to do the rest of the year. How do you see them navigating that? Would you keep Bradbury in there, or would you try to find an alternative? It's a great question, Zach, because I was actually, you know, I saw it during the game, and you could tell that he's not comfortable in that role at least not as comfortable as he would be at right corner, where he just knows the adjustments, he knows the routes, he knows Terry McLaurin. Like in there, that's a whole different animal. You got to be a lot more physical. You got to be a lot more, a bigger part of the run game. You know, Avante Maddox was a pit bull. And although he was a little undersized, he was a pit bull, you know? And so he, he loved that. He, you know, he was built for that position. I don't see the Eagles having that guy right now, and maybe that's their best bet. But then you, you know, you got to live with Joe on the outside, and he's going to get picked on. Um, this Puka Nakua is like nothing else we've seen. Hmm. He plays everywhere, so Bradbury will get him inside. Uh, Joe will get him outside. Slay will get him. Like everybody's going to get him. And I've I've not seen a quarterback. Um, I'm not here to give the scout report on the Rams right now. You're asking me about the slack corners act, but I haven't seen a quarterback in this league fall in love with a rookie receiver the way Matt Stafford's fallen in love with Puka. Interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to get that. Let's, if we just sort of dive into that a, a little bit, Baldy, what, you know, what makes that, that Sean McVay offense so, so difficult for, for Sean to this week? Well, he's, you know, he's already like, you know, before, I think even before Cooper cup got hurt, cause they, he, he's basically Cooper cup in his offense right now. So he lines up everywhere. He's in motion. He's in the slot. He's in the backfield. Like he's blocking at the point of attack. Like he's everywhere. So it's hard to gauge where he's going to be. But he has this unbelievable feel that if it's zone defense, he knows exactly where the softest spot in the zone is. 
And if he's in man coverage, he's not the fastest guy. That's probably why he was, what, a fifth-round pick, whatever. But he has the that rare ability just to separate. You know, and so – and Stafford, I don't care if it's red zone, third down, whatever it is, he's looking for him. And they've done a good job of protecting him. You watch this Rams team now. Like, they've been every single game. Um, they could have beaten the 49ers. They 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 took Seattle apart. Like, they've been very, very competitive. And the offensive line is the key right now. They've they've I think they've gone a long ways to trying to fix it, especially the left guard, Steve Avila, right now. I, I was I was about to ask you that out outside of preparing for Aaron, for for Aaron Donald, what do you think is keeping this coaching staff up right now in in, in, in preparing for the Rams? Well, I I texted somebody uh, in the business this morning saying, you know, does does any I mean, look, I mean, you know, what Brock you know Purdy's doing in San Francisco. I don't know if anybody's throwing the ball better than Stafford. Now, he's throwing it great. I, I know the numbers don't say that. But, you know, he's thrown to Tutu Atwell and Puka Natua, like guys he's never thrown to before. So there's some of that. And they've, they've had to juggle. They just picked up a, a right guard off the scrap heap in Pittsburgh. He's playing right guard. They lost their left tackle. They took the right guard, put him at left tackle. So they're juggling up front. But, you know, this Kyron Williams, they, you know, they traded, um, you know, Cam Akers away. This Kyron Williams looks pretty good. Ran for over 100 yards last week against a good Indianapolis front. Um, he looks like the real deal to me. Um, they, they, you know, that, that chump, you don't just win Super Bowls by accident. I mean, the guy's a great coach. And so they're, they're maximizing their talent on offense right now. And defensively, Zach, um, challenge any reporter or any analyst this week to tell, tell you all 11 starters on defense. <laughs> nobody can do it. All right. Cause nobody's heard of some of these guys, but yet they're play, they play really, really hard. Baldy, where are you headed to this weekend? I'm going to go up and see if the New England Patriots or the New Orleans Saints have a quarterback. Like that's it's like the quarterback derby's going on because neither team's quarterback play has been worth a darn so far. But that's the game I'm doing this weekend. I like that. Well, we'll enjoy. Good luck. I, you know, probably tough quarterback play that you'll be watching, but but hopefully you have a good time. And and thank you for joining us and giving us the insight again. We look forward to talking to you next week. Look forward to it, guys. You bet, man. Take care. Thank you, Baldy. And, you know, if you wanted to go, like, watch Baldy work and cover that game, mm, but you weren't decided whether you were going to have time, you could use game time to get a ticket because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. They've got easy-to-find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. Plus, the tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. To Baldy's point, by the way, I, I kind of uh, I take pride in 
knowing personnel with every team in this league, right? Knowing rosters, knowing depth charts, uh, can give you like the 30 second bio on most of these guys from all our draft work that we do. Mm -hmm. Russ Yeast, you, you would have stumped me on. Russ Yeast, yes. Good baker. Yes. <laughs> Russ Yeast, who is a starting safety for the Rams, has started all four games, was a seventh round pick last year. Out of? Well, I looked it up, but out of Kansas State uh, uh, via Louisville. Um, okay. But, yeah, Russ Yeast was someone who, if we were doing our draft, which we're going to do Thursday. Mm. Uh, Some people call him a bit of a riser. I see what you did there. Look at that. Um, you see, I sell your jokes better than you sell mine. <laughs> um, well, they're funnier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can do the yeast test at Stanford University, right? There um, you go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this, this Rams defense does have some personnel that uh, might Who be new to got? the casual fan. Most of these guys you would probably know. Um, you know, Bobby Brown, of course. Texas mm. A&M. Aaron Donald. <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, is it Michael Hoked? Ahoect. Uh, I actually don't know. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's an edge rusher for them. They have Ernest Jones in the middle, who was a high draft pick for them, a third rounder. They have Christian Roseboom. They have Byron Young, who of course was mentioned by um, by Baldy. And the thing that I like about Byron Young is there were two Byron Youngs in the draft this year. So there's mm. the Alabama one and the Tennessee one. There's a Kibble, There's a Witherspoon who. We dissected during free agency two years ago yes. quite a bit. He yes. was in the bracketology. Jordan Fuller, uh, who I always like to watch. Um, then there is uh, Darian Kendrick, who I remember at Clemson fairly well. And uh, Kobe Durant, who was a fourth-round pick uh, in 2022. Now, we do owe an apology for uh, forgetting Mac Hollins at the end of yesterday's Yeah, that was my bad. How can I forget Mac Hollins? North Carolina, they drafted the guy. Now, I do think that we were right that Zach Brown was more recent, but we did forget about Mac Hollins. Yes, and I said that they hadn't drafted anyone, and they clearly drafted Matt mm. Collins in the fourth round. And they, they liked him so much, they hired his college position coach. Mm, your Gunter man. Bruer. Gunter Bruer. Yeah, I What a actually, career Matt Collins has carved out for Bruer. himself. Yeah, although he, he, he wouldn't shake Desmond Ritter's hand the other day. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, he was pretty pissed off at Desmond Ritter. What happened? Desmond Ritter came to the sideline trying to pump everyone up, and oh. Matt Collins wasn't having it. Good for Matt Collins. <laughs> Desmond Ritter's not very good. <laughs> I, I, but, I, I mean, he signed there. If you remember that. Did you? You know who I liked? My favorite running back in that draft. Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. That's my guy. Look at that. You, you nailed that one. I like Kyron Williams' backup, or third stringer, Zach Evans, last year mm. when he was at Ole Miss. What are you, uh, what, what's like your, your college football pulse right now? What are your, what are your takes? What are my takes? My takes are is that Michigan's legit. Mm. Okay? Uh, I mean, this is the big year for Michigan, they're, they're, they're number two right now. Um, I know people think Georgia's vulnerable. Georgia's Georgia. I, I mean, they'll they'll be fine. Um, there's a reason why they're the top team in the, in, the, in the country. I feel like the team I've seen the most is Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're on. They're exciting. Uh, but, man, Oregon. So Deshaun Jackson was there like, uh, yeah. last week. So was LaShawn McCoy. So was Emmanuel okay. Acho. Was he? Yeah. Your boy. And they took a picture with. So was Giannis, I believe. Yes. But do you know who they took a picture with? Let's see how well you know your, your Colorado coaching staff. This was a guy who was on the Eagles coaching staff okay. during that, that He was that on time. the Eagles coaching staff during that time. Mm -hmm. And um, he's kind of like a, like a consultant. I don't even want to say consultant. You know, he's, he's one of those, like, uh, yeah, like offensive assist, senior assistant. Marty? Coach. Nope. 
but close. Uh, Brad Childress. Nope. Someone who has a has a uh, a good palate for steak in Philadelphia. Shermer. Pat Shermer. Really? Yes. Wow, your old dinner buddy. Yeah, Pat, Sh- Pat Shermer. Uh, That's a really funny picture. <laughs> he's on the Colorado staff, and he took a picture with wow. Daniel Acho, Deshaun Jackson, and LaShawn That's so McCoy. funny. Can you imagine two people with more opposite, like, dynamic personalities than Deion Sanders and Pat Shermer? I mean, De- Deion's put a good staff together there. But, uh, of course, uh, yeah, at Colorado, um, I've seen them quite a bit. I saw him mentioned as like a Michigan State possibility. Yeah, that, I wrote like that as a possibility like three hires ago at Michigan <laughs> State. So I think, I think that's, that's one of those things where Pat Shermer gets floated around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've probably written like and asked Pat Shermer about that. <laughs> uh well, we have a, 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 a minute here and you collect your thoughts. I want to tell us uh, about our friends at FOCO, because if you look behind me, we have some great stuff uh, in this studio and it's from FOCO. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise. They have a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. And it's also tailgating season for baseball as, 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 as well. Amen. You can find overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO is hooked P-H-L-Y up, like I said. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code P-H-L-Y for 10% off. So uh, what else are we sort of looking forward to yeah. seeing happen over the course of this week, Zach. I know injury-wise, we want to see if, if Sidney Brown and Justin mm-hmm. Evans are back. Yep. Anything else? Yeah, I, well, I mean, I think Quez Watkins is, is going to be important to monitor also because, like we said yesterday, Britton Covey in the concussion protocol, and so they're already down a wide receiver. Um, they're going to need uh, numbers there, and uh, certainly the fact that Quez returned to practice last week on a, on a, on a limited basis makes you think he's on the right path there um but you want to see kind of punt return possibilities i would imagine alumni zacchaeus michael clay didn't offer much detail on that says he doesn't kind of want to give the answers to the test um i'm curious if jalen hurts has an injury now that you and baldy think so i mean you know what's he he said it sort of the way that i was thinking about it and, and i hadn't had a chance to express it that well but the, his ability to sort of turn the corner when he when he is scrambling there and beat a guy to the edge yeah. and then get upfield that does feel like sort of what, what is yeah. missing so I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask Jalen not about the injury, but I'll add because I know what Jalen's going to say. Right. Uh, he, he, he's been asked after games before, right, about the hits he's taken. But I'm going to ask him about the running, right, if, if he feels that he's, that he's running less or not running as part of, And I said this before, but part of what is so on my radar is that it just feels so different than the way that he's wired, um, the way that he is playing in the open field. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, it probably is an organizational emphasis, yeah. also. Uh, the the uh, the Aaron Donald thing is obviously going to be a storyline here, uh, and it's always interesting to hear Jason Kelsey, 
his, his perspective on that matchup. Like I said, I remember 2017, 2018 well. They played him in week two or week three of the 2020 season, but the COVID year, we weren't in the locker room. You don't get the same level of insight for that type of matchup. Uh, so those are some things. I, I, I did want to ask, ask you this because this, is, this has been in the, in the news, and I referenced the Eagles uh, being... The malaria vaccine. Very exciting. I was not going there. Oh. Okay. Uh, I, I referenced the Eagles having some numbers issues at wide receiver. Um, it's been pretty clear if you read our, our, uh, our company's coverage out in Chicago, CHGO, that Chase Claypool is going to be it's on the It's interesting. We were talking about this on the outside before you got into that. Oh, we're, okay. Yeah. Uh, w- he's a free agent at the end of the year. Eagles fans know him well from uh, that, that, that game-clenching touchdown mm, the with Nate Gary in coverage. Is this a, I can't imagine it's going to cost much. God, what a bad uh, trade that is this was. A, hell yeah, the, the 33rd pick. From the pick second or, they made it, it was a terrible trade. Or 32nd pick, actually, because Miami lost the draft. Awful. Pick. Yeah. Um, they, were, they were bidding against Green Bay. Uh, would, you, would you go after him if, if you were Howie, just, just taking a chance? They don't have a lot of size as it is. Uh, I mean, it feels like this is a guy who wants the ball, right, and is cantankerous because he's not getting the ball. He's not going to get the ball. He's going to get, you know, if he, if, even if he were the third receiver on this team, which I don't think that he would walk into, yeah. he'd get, like, at most three targets a game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if, if we're talking, like, flipping seventh-round picks, nobody else wants him, maybe you take a shot. But the dynamics in that room and, like, the target share is already a little bit fraught, I think, for the Eagles. So I am not adding somebody who is coming in demanding the ball. I feel like he's going to end up in Kansas City, and he's going to be awesome there. Yeah, right? it does sort of like, feel inevitable. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, not to say Kadarius Tony is awesome, but like you know, Kadarius Tony just ends up there and is so much better than uh, than what he was with the Giants. Speaking of that, you didn't see that game last night. I saw a little bit of it. Okay, but man, not a surprise. The Giants stink. Yeah, that seems a concern right now. Yeah, and their their schedule's not. I mean, Daniel Jones is. He's not good. He's never been good. You know, it's the the interesting thing is like there was, you know, five month sample size last year, four month sample size of them being like well coached, playing games to their pace, getting, you know, these like ugly games, getting those early leads. I vividly remember watching uh, the game that they were in. They were they were playing in London last year um, and, you know, like they had this this big upset and they play the game on on their terms. The way they play in first halves this year, it's just crazy, number one. And yeah, Daniel Jones isn't looking good, but it's more that offensive line. I mean, Andrew mm. Thomas didn't play last night, but when you look at the, at the division, I, I know going into the year, we were talking about the Giants being potentially a tough out. Jeez, the Giants, the Giants could be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes for all we know. No, there you go, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that part sort of speaks to the fallacy of like they're a well-coached team winning close games like that's just not a sustainable thing yes um but yeah i think i think that team is in is in real trouble any thoughts on having uh, rewatched the game at all anything that that sort of popped to you it was it was it was mostly the things that we talked about i i I thought they did get good pressure on sam howell um and sean desai actually addressed this today i i I thought the big thing that we probably didn't give enough credit or attention to in yesterday's show was 
like the scoring drives that were extended with third down penalties. Because yeah, that's why I'm a little bit not as concerned about the defense yes. because there were so many plays like that exactly. that extended drives. And and I asked Sean Desaia about it, and and he said today like you can't take those away, but. If you just look at like the drive chart, right? You know that led to 17 points. Those other drives, they weren't really giving up, you know, points. Like so, uh, yeah. It, it's the 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 way the penalties shifted the game defensively, in particular. I, I think about the two third down penalties that that um, those uh, jumped out when I was uh, rewatching it. But the other thing, I probably say this every time I go back and watch a game. But Reed Blankenship's a really good player. He's like, a really good player. You know, and the flip side to that is he's being put in some difficult positions because Terrell Edmonds is is right now not a very good player. Yes. Um, I think the, the Eagles are, are sort of urgent to get mm. Justin Evans back into the lineup and maybe even Sidney Brown ahead of Terrell Edmonds. Uh, I thought Darius Slay played his worst game of the season, and you yeah. know he went out with that injury. Yeah. It seemed like after the injury he was, was not quite the same player. There, I, I, I will say like the linebackers look pretty good. Nicholas Morrow, yeah. They look all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're like average, which is about as good as you could expect from the exactly. Eagles right now. Now, Nicobe Dean can come back in two weeks. Next week. Right. Next week. Yes. And your, your expectation is that he will? You know, when I, I, I don't want to say I'm expecting him to be back, but uh, from what I understand and I, I see him in the locker room, he is progressing. Uh, so he's kind of on the schedule that, 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 that he thought. So I, I do think it's a realistic possibility. Okay. Great. Uh, with the, and I, I know you said we'll do the trade bracketology yep. next week, but I need to float a name. And it's the name I floated all summer. Jeremy Chin? Jeremy Chin. Um, Jeremy Chin is the guy who I think makes a lot of sense. Carolina's floundering. Um, they're they're going to want draft picks, right, because they, they don't have a first-rounder. Um, I mean, it's not going to take a first-rounder, but they're going to want volume, I imagine. Uh, he's a free agent at the end of the year. I think that's the that's the player I would target. Jeremy Chin for Quez Watkins and a sixth. Who who says no? Who says no? Because uh, well, the there's, the there's the scuttlebutt. There's the scuttlebutt that the Panthers want to add some wide receiver help. Yeah, but do you want to add a, a receiver on an expiring deal? Like, who would say no? Uh, you think that's not enough? No, I I think that's probably a, a fair deal, honestly. I mean, maybe I'm underselling the Jeremy Chin market, but you're getting him for a half a season. Although last season, the, the uh, Ravens gave up, they gave up a lot for half a season of Roquan Smith. Uh, the Eagles have given up a lot for half a season of Golden Tate and Robert Quinn. Uh, but no, I, I think I see Colin in the chat says, Carolina says no. Maybe, a, maybe that, that pick has, has to be like a fifth, but I would pay close attention to Jeremy Chin. Okay. Well, there you go. Man's been calling his shot for a long time. So hopefully that happens and you can take a victory lap. And I can say Zach was right. I wouldn't take a victory lap. I would just act like I've been there before. Lift that, lift that arm up and take a whiff. I baby. would act like I've been there before because I have. So. I mean, you've also been other places before. <laughs> like Hong Kong. So for Zach and Bree and Elijah, I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. We will talk to you on Thursday. Thursday at 11, I believe. Yep. We'll talk to you then. Stay tuned. Enjoy the Phillies game tonight. Watch the, uh, the post-game show with Jamie and Renee. And as always, we love you. We all silly like the mayor. 